Hey there, this is Pastor Corey, and welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. After you're done listening, I invite you to connect with us at branchlife.church to make sure you're up to date with everything going on at Branch Life. Want to share what you heard today? Subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this video with someone you want to encourage. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope that this presentation helps you connect with Christ and challenges you to reach those around you with the good news of Jesus. It's that time again. Time to evaluate and time to look ahead. All around are voices calling us to do something. Voices on TV urging us to act now. Voices on social media calling us to a manufactured ideal. Voices in our heads telling us this is going to be our time, all the while recalling our past failures. We desire a higher plane. We desire a bigger influence. We desire health, security, and rest. We want to be better. We want to be fit. Where do we start? How do we change? Is it even okay that we have these longings? God wants us to develop what He has given us. He wants us to progress spiritually. He wants us to manage our finances well. He wants us to honor Him with our bodies. God wants us to be fit. Well, welcome to New Year resolution time. The uh, fun fact, all of the exercise equipment that was bought or given over the Christmas season at the beginning of a year, 90% of it will go unused by the end of the year. Do, do you, be honest, do you have a piece of exercise equipment at your home that is less equipment and more decoration? I'm not going to make you raise your hands, but you can, you can evaluate. Remember the Nordic track? The ski thing where you, you just... It's also a good clothes rack, right? This is the time of year where we look back and we say, all right, this is what happened in 2019, and I, I want to set some ideas and some goals for 2020. And we want to encourage you in that process And let's try to beat the odds, right? Let's make some goals or have some thinking in mind that we can achieve together over this next year. Does God care about our fitness? We want to understand what the term fit means. We're referring to, when we say fit, we, we could say a synonym of that is healthy, We believe that God wants us to have a healthy mind, a healthy body, and a healthy spirit. And so for the next three weeks, starting tonight, we are going to talk about just that. And we hope that the stories that we share, that the instructions that we get from God's word, will be an encouragement to you wherever you are on this journey. You want to see something fascinating, jump to my Facebook page, Josh Park. We can be friends if you'd like. And I I posed a question about physical fitness and spiritual fitness, and this amazing, you know, one of these amazing online discussions happened. And it was very, a very, very good discussion. 
I think it is good for us to think about these questions together as a family. There is a theme verse that we have for this series, and I want to share it with you. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to join me. I'm just going to read this out loud. It's not up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 in verse 23 says this, and this is the closing to the letter. Now may the God of peace himself completely sanctify you. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God cares about your spirit, about your soul, about your body. And God is the one who sanctifies us, who grows us, who takes us from broken to healed, who takes us from unhealthy to fit. God is the one who does this. I want to just start off with this big idea. It's not you that is going to be able to muscle through fitness, true, whole fitness in every area of your life. It has to be God working in you. So everything that we say over the next three weeks is dependent on your relationship with God. And God will impact all of these areas when you turn them over to him. So I'm pretty excited about it. Now, if you could pick one, one of these areas to improve on in 2000, to grow in in 2020, to become more healthy in 2020, which one would you pick? Would you pick your mind? There are many, many of us out there that struggle with our thoughts, with anxiety, with discouragement. And we're not able to calm our minds. We're not able to be in the right frame of mind most of the time. And if that's you, you're probably sitting there, this is the one for me. If, if God could work in my mind to calm and rest my emotions, I would take it in 2020. Connected to our mind are some things that we do that affect our thinking, like our finances. If God could, could help me in 2020 to get control over my finances and not allow my finances to control me, I would take that. Or, or the way that we raise our kids. Kids and money are two of the greatest mind stressors that we face in this world. If God could help me get healthy in the way I raise my kids, would that be the area that you would like to focus on in 2020? We're going to talk about that next week. Maybe you're here and it's, it's your body. and You look at that and you go, you know what? I could lose a few. <laughs> I, I would like to, to ha be able to exercise more, to be able to eat right. I'd like to not be held back by my body. I've, I, I've got some health issues. I'd love to see God work in a healing in my body. And I want to see some transformation physically over 2020. And a lot of people make this type of resolution at the beginning of a year, let alone the beginning of a decade. And this is a hard one to resolve. And we're going to talk about this and share some stories about some success and some failures when it comes to physical fitness and how your spiritual fitness matters in this area. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, you know what? 
I really want to have spiritual fitness, soul fitness. I want my relationship with God to be healthy. Maybe you've come in tonight to this place or you're listening online and you don't have a strong relationship with God. Maybe you're not sure about God. Maybe you've had a relationship with him at one time and now you're distant from him. Or you're exploring or just beginning your relationship with God and you really are excited to grow it in 2020. Man, if that's you, I want to encourage you to lean in. Because your spiritual health is the cornerstone to all of your fitness. Being a good parent, dealing with money well, being able to rest your mind, and yes, even be physically fit. And the Bible talks more about our spiritual fitness than anything else. So there is a key to fitness in all of these areas. So I want to introduce this phrase to you tonight. And we're going to keep referring to it over the next three weeks. Here's some advice from me to you. Know your numbers. Know your numbers. Man, numbers are stinkers, aren't they? They keep always getting in the way. And numbers are a hard thing to keep track of. I'm having trouble advancing the slide. If you would know your numbers, it makes a huge difference. Let me just give you an example. Do you know how many calories you have eaten today? How many of you, how many of you know? I know how many calories I ate today. Do you know how many calories you've burned today? That you've spent? Did you know that if you ate more calories than you earned, than you, than you burned, you've gotten a little bit heavier? What? If you know your numbers, it helps you in all of these areas. What about finances? Do you know how much money you spent today? Do you know how much money you brought in today? What about this week? What about this month? Do you know how much debt that you have? Do you know how much you have to pay into that debt for it to go away faster? Do you know how much of that debt, if you pay it according to their schedule, you're going to be giving to the bank instead of to the house? Do you know those numbers? What it costs for you to be able to eat each week? Do you know those numbers? When you know numbers, man, it helps you to have make informed decisions in all of these areas now you're like that's some really nice piece of advice but I mean aren't we at church aren't you supposed to be giving us God's advice yes I am thank you listen more to God and less to me that's always good do you think God cared about numbers do you think this was something that he wanted us to care about there are 66 books in the Bible and guess what one of them's called numbers (laughs) a whole book of the bible is called numbers and tonight while talking about spiritual fitness we're going to go through the entire book of numbers and get you home in time for the third quarter you excited about that so let's travel through numbers together i'm gonna i've used pictures to help us understand uh the book of numbers and so that we can just be reminded some of you know what this book is about some of you you're going to learn this for the first time some of you are going to be reminded and refreshed tonight but the book of numbers is a really interesting book of the bible it's right in the beginning genesis exodus leviticus numbers and it was written by a man named moses and moses was a leader of the israelites god's chosen people 
And the Israelites have a really incredible history, and we read all about it in the Old Testament, and they keep finding themselves in trouble. Well, at the beginning of Numbers, right before this, this book starts, the Israelites had been slaves in Egypt. The entire nation was enslaved. These guys are some of the people that are responsible for building the pyramids and the Sphinx and that kind of stuff. And God rescued them miraculously out of Egypt with stories like the Ten Plagues. And they escaped by going through the river, the Jordan River that parted. They parted on dry land and God was leading them by a pillar of cloud at night and a, and a, a pillar of fire, pillar of cloud during the day, fire by night. And they found themselves escaping Egypt, but now they entered this broad land, a nation full of people, probably up to two million of them, were in the wilderness. They were homeless. They had no place to go. And so the beginning of the book of Numbers is this two million people stranded in the wilderness, and God is saying to them, I'm going to lead you to the promised land. So Numbers, again, nothing's happening. Numbers is a travel log of Israel as they traveled through wilderness. And as you read the stories in Numbers, you hear different things that happen and that take place during this trip, during this travel. And some of it is spectacular. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The ground opening up and swallowing people that are challenging God. Snakes coming and attacking the entire camp. Uh, Donkeys that have conversations with people. All of that happens in the book of Numbers. But the very first thing that happens in the book of Numbers is God counts the people. He counts them. He breaks them into 12 groups, the 12 tribes of Israel, and he counts all of them. And a lot of times people need to say, hey, let's be careful about Numbers. Here's one of the reasons God cares about Numbers, because Numbers represent people. One person coming to Christ is an important number because that's one more soul that spends eternity with God. A hundred people coming to Christ is an important number. That's why God says, I sometimes send the shepherd to leave the 99 and go after one. Those are numbers. So God cared about his people and he cared about organizing them and he cared about knowing them and they it was important that they knew the task that they had in front of them and so the beginning of numbers is simply organization listen gang we need organization in order to get physically fit you can say to yourself i'm going to go for a run and and just aimlessly shoot at going for a run or you can figure out how far and how fast you need to go to burn a certain number of calories based on what you're eating And how many days and weeks and months you're going to have to do that to lose a couple pounds. When you organize it, when you set it up, you have a greater chance of success. The beginning of the book of Numbers is God simply organizing. Then what God did is he took the camp, and go ahead to the next one. I'm going to depend on you and put my remote down. This is kind of my signal, all right? Sign language for next slide. (laughs) Stay here. Yeah, that that was a pretend. God then took all the people that he counted and he organized them in a very specific way. This is the first few chapters in Numbers. The nation of Israel was told where to camp in relation to the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the place in the Old Testament where the Spirit of God resided. God's presence was literally there in the tabernacle. And it was considered a holy place, the holy of holies. 
And so God gave very strict instructions to his people about how to set up the tabernacle, where to set up the tabernacle, who would have to do it, what would go on if you didn't do it right. And when they didn't do it right, people died. That's how serious God was about this. And then once the tabernacle was set up, the groups of Israel who were counted were then given very specific instructions, some on the north side, some on the west side, some on the south side. And they were all to be surrounding the tabernacle. Because there was an organizational picture that God was demonstrating that is now played out through the rest of the scriptures with this specific organization in Numbers. And here's what he's showing them. God is to be at the center of everything his people are about. He is giving that picture in Numbers. I, God, am to be at the center of your entire lives so there's a word for this and when when the scriptures were translated in the new testament john one of jesus's best friends took the word tabernacle and made it into a verb tabernacling it didn't catch on wasn't a popular word it's only used this one time in john and then a couple of times in revelation Easier for us to say the word dwelt. And here's how John used it in John 1.14. And the word, that's Jesus, became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled among us. Us. His church. God tabernacled among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Why did John use the word tabernacling to demonstrate, to communicate God being present with us and dwelling with us? He's saying this truth. God is to be, go ahead to the next slide, the center. God is to be the center of our lives. Of everything that we do as a church and everything that we do as people of God. He is to be the center. So know your numbers. Know your numbers and know that in the book of Numbers, God is saying over and over and over again, I'm to be the center. And when I'm not the center, bad things happen. The reason God is supposed to be the center is because that's the way life has been designed. And when we push God out of the center of our lives, that's when we get into some consequences that are unhealthy. And aren't good. And this is demonstrated in the book of Numbers. If you go to the next slide. They got to the area of the promised land pretty quickly. It's, if you just walked it straight as one person. It might take you two weeks to get from Egypt to the promised land. So the two million people. They made their way across. And they sent 12 spies. One from each of the, of the groups. Into the land to spy it out. The land that they were promised. And that they were going to conquer. And they were going to take over. Out of the 12 spies, as you read in the book of Numbers, two of them, Caleb and Joshua, <coughs> that's a good name, Joshua, Caleb and Joshua said, hey, this is good. We can do this. God is on our side. God is amazing. He's incredible. God has done some incredible things. He's got the pillar of fire. He's got the cloud. He leads us. He's done miracles. He's, he's incredible, and this is no problem for God. He can give us this land. Well, 10 of the spies that came out and said, you should see these people. There are giants in the land. 
There is no way us slaves are going to be able to, to take over this land from these giants. These giants are bigger than our God. And they doubted God's power and they doubted God's plan and they didn't allow God to be at the center of their next journey, their next phase, and their next chapter. And this is what God says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, their leader, how long will these people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? You think if God was literally raining down food for you every morning, that you wouldn't doubt him. You'd think if God was sending you the supplies that you needed out of nowhere, like quail, so that you could have protein, that he was actually healing you of sickness and diseases, that he was destroying your enemies by parting waters and rescuing you through something like these ten plagues, which are unbelievable, that you would have complete faith in God, But the Israelites, so many of them, allowed God and pushed him out of the center of their lives. Even though they saw amazing things. Go ahead to the next verse. Truly, as I live, this is God speaking, as all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, none of the men who have seen my glory and my signs that I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have not obeyed my voice shall see the land that I swore to give their fathers, and none of those who despised me shall see it. A little bit of a foreshadow of what we would understand in the New Testament, but here's, here's literally what happened. They saw God do amazing things, yet they despised him, and they rejected him, and they tried to do it their own way. And God said, as a consequence, you will not enter the promised land. God gives us the same invitation as the church today. He says to people everywhere, if you believe in me, if you love me, if you trust in me, you will have eternal life in heaven. But if you despise me and if you reject me and if you go away from me, you will not have eternal life in heaven. God is to be the center of our lives and therefore the center of our future. If you go to the next side, God allows us to make the choices that we will make. He doesn't control us. He doesn't manipulate us. He has given us free will. But so many of us choose sin. We choose lives away from God. We choose to be the center of our lives. And God honors those choices. He allows us to make those choices. And for those that choose wrongly, the consequences are drastic. But for those that choose to follow God, you get to enjoy all of the promises that he gives through scripture please don't ever forget God's promises I will be with you I will protect you I will guide you and I will lead you I will supply for you I will give you a home eternal when I am your God and you are my people as you seek to be mentally emotionally physically financially spiritually fit choose God in all of those areas as you as you try to be an employee a parent, a student, a spouse who loves God and wants to succeed, keep God at the center of all of those things. And then you will inherit his promises. The people of Israel didn't realize this. And their consequences were death. And they weren't allowed an entire generation to go in the promised land. The rest of the book of Numbers 
is 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, 40 years of going in circles, 40 years of death and disease, until all of that generation had passed away and the next generation was ready to enter the promised land. And the book of Numbers ends like this. He takes another count. After the last of that generation dies, he gathers them together, he puts them in the same groups, and he counts the new generation. And this is the numbers that will enter into the promised land. The only one left living at this point from the former generation, there were three. Caleb and Joshua were still alive. And they would continue into the promised land. And Moses was still alive. But Moses would not be able to enter into the promised land. And so Moses takes stock of all that he had witnessed in Egypt. Of all that he had witnessed in 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. And Moses gives to us the very next book, the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell speech to the people of Israel who are going to go from the wilderness and into the promised land. And in Moses' farewell speech, he gives us what becomes known as the greatest commandment. All of this being said and done, what does Moses say? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, and it's repeated again in Luke 10 and many other passages, Moses says, the moral of the story is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. When you know your numbers... When you know the story of who God is and where he is supposed to be, our reaction must be to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. To demonstrate this, I brought with me today a a barbell. Now, this barbell is made up of three parts. One part is these little safety knobs. We're going to call these our mind these little, these little doohickeys actually keep you safe when you're lifting this thing over your head. So, our mind. The second part is the weights themselves. We can call these our strength, our body. And the middle part is our spiritual well-being. What God is saying is that for you to be fit, to you For you to be optimally healthy, for you to be well-rounded in every area of your life, it takes a combination of your spiritual fitness, your physical fitness, and your mental fitness. You need all three to be considered healthy. There are a lot of people out there who take no stock of their spiritual fitness. They have no relationship with God. They put no time and energy in it. And then they try to go around and do physical things and mental things without the spirit. And it becomes awkward and hard. And there may be some success physically and mentally, but there's not true health present there. Others will take a lot of time to be spiritually fit and put a lot of time and energy in spiritual fitness, but neglect some of the other areas. 
And when it goes time to be used as a tool by God, they're not able to be used properly because they're missing. And then maybe, maybe I can get some of it right and I can be spiritually healthy and maybe physically healthy. And you know what? Now, God, I'm ready to roll and I'm ready to go after you until I will go a little bit sideways. What God says is I'm supposed to be the center of everything that you are, your spiritual health, your physical health, and your mental health. So let's make, mentally, I'm struggling here. Let's make God the center of it all so that we can be used by him and for him in every way. So that we can be a tool that God can use correctly. And until he forgives us of sin, we're not able to do it right. So let that be a demonstration of sin. So what I want to give you as we close out our time together is just a little bit of encouragement. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 10 says this, Train yourself for godliness, for while the bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. It holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have found our hope set on a living God who is the Savior of all people. Tonight we want to talk to you real quickly about spiritual fitness. If you would like to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to turn over your spiritual health to God, what are some spiritual exercises that you can participate in that will make you more fit? Now listen, these exercises involve training. Let's go back. These exercises involve training and discipline. That's, it's hard work to get to godliness. When I, when I go after godliness, it's something that I need to be intentional about, something where I need to know my numbers. To this end, we toil and strive. So another way to say what the truth is in this passage is simply this. Go to the next slide. Spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. In 2020, if you want to do better spiritually, will you spend your time and energy in the exercise of being spiritually fit? So, here are exercises for spiritual fitness that you can participate in. Now, these exercises are not exercises that I have made up. When you study the whole of the Bible, God gives us instructions over and over and over again about how to be spiritually healthy. So these exercises are exercises that God has set up that he wants us to have in our portfolio. These are exercises that we have seen demonstrated out of the whole of church history. Where people who were on fire for God, who were spiritually healthy, participated in all of these exercises. It's not a buffet where I'll take a little bit of that and a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'll all of a sudden be spiritually healthy. These are also, in and of themselves, not the solution for spiritual healthiness without a relationship with God. But when God is the center of your life, if you are to be spiritually fit, these exercises will be something you are regularly involved in. Let me show you them real quickly. Exercise number one. How do I get started in my spiritual fitness? You choose to become a follower of Jesus. I'm going to share with you in a couple of weeks in my story about physical fitness it started with one big decision and then thousands of little decisions. The same is true with your spiritual fitness. It starts with one big decision. God, I want to become a follower of you. 
If you're here tonight and you don't know if God is your personal Savior, if you've doubted God, if you've run from God, tonight I want to invite you back into a relationship with God. Tonight, you can make the big decision to become a follower of God. You need God. You need God to save you. You need God to cleanse you of your sin. You need God to secure your eternal destiny. You cannot do it without him. And There is a part of you sitting here right now that knows that's true. That knows you are searching for something. That knows you are in need of something. You are in need of God. 2020 can be a transformative year in your spiritual life if you take this very first step and choose to become a follower of God. Maybe you were brought here by a friend or a family member. Maybe someone has talked to you about faith in the past. Maybe you've been a part of Branch Life for this entire past year and you still are struggling with your own personal assurance of salvation. Let's take this step tonight where you accept God as your personal Savior. In John chapter 5 and verse 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he has passed from death to life. Tonight can be your resurrection, where you become a a part of the family of God. If you're here tonight and you're ready to accept Jesus, you can do it in this very moment. Simply acknowledge your sin and let God know you believe that Jesus came, that he died and he rose again from the dead and that you want to accept the free gift of salvation. God, I want to accept your salvation. I want to follow you. Come into my life and save me. If you do that in the quietness of this moment, you're in for an incredible year and an incredible eternity. The second step is baptism. The second step is begin with believer's baptism. God tells us over and over and over again in Scripture about how important baptism is. It's it's not something that saves us. You are saved by your faith in God. But once saved, God says the beginning step to spiritual fitness is baptism. Some of you have been saved here a long time, but you haven't been baptized, and you wonder why you keep struggling spiritually. You haven't started with the basics. You haven't taken the very first step that God asks us to take, and that's a public proclamation of our faith in God. If I am ashamed of God in public, then God says he will be ashamed of me. He says in Luke chapter 3, 21, Jesus was baptized of all people. Jesus himself got baptized. That's how important it is. In Matthew 28, verse 19, he said, make disciples of all nations and then do what? Baptize them. Baptism is extremely important in our spiritual health. And in Matthew 10, 33, whoever acknowledged me before men, I will acknowledge before my father. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my father. Are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you have not yet been baptized? Tonight, it is time to change that. Take the next step card that I gave you and check on there, I'm ready to get baptized. And then we will work with you for the right time and the right place to, find, to get you baptized, to take this step of obedience and to launch yourself into the spiritual exercise that God has said is essential for our health. Number three, renew your strength in weekly worship. Renew your strength in weekly worship. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. When we gather together as a body of believers in this assembly each and every week, we are renewing our strength. We are are strengthening our connection to Christ, and we are growing in our faith. And when you miss this time, you miss that renewing. 
When you are absent from this body, you are weaker. You are missing an exercise that is essential for spiritual health. Over and over and over again, people that are on fire for God are on fire for the church. But people who are separating themselves with God, who are struggling with sin, also struggle with their simple step of attendance in a local church that preaches gospel. When we come together and worship God together and he is present with us, we grow in our strength and we renew ourselves. I need this for my next week. I depend on it. I am dry without it. And you may not know or understand yet how important this is. But dedicate yourself to renewal of this. So know your numbers. Last year, there were 52 weeks of the year. 52 Sundays. How many of those Sundays were you together with God's people? I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. In 2020, there are going to be 52 weeks. Same number. We're going to gather together as a church, Lord willing, each of those Sundays. Where will you be? Where will you be? It's important for your spiritual fitness that you are here. Whatever your number was last year, drastically improve it for this year and you will not regret it because you'll renew your strength every time we get together we don't have to talk about this much because you are here during a playoff game so you guys get this so we'll move on to number four number four deepen your peace with God in daily prayer deepen your peace with God in daily prayer Philippians 4, 6-7 says, In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and he, the peace of God, will surpass all understanding and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now some people think, oh man, I've got to spend two hours in prayer every day, and I don't know how to do that, and so they don't do it at all. So I'm going to give you a pro tip. Pro tip. Say shorter prayers. As a matter of fact, just, just say short prayers all the time. All day. I want to encourage you to say four, three, two, and one word prayers. God, I need you. That's a four word prayer. Four words. God, I need you. Be with me. Three word prayer. God, help. Two word prayer. Help. One word prayer. You're about to walk into a room where there's some strained relationships. God, I need you. You're about to have a conversation with your one about the gospel. Give me words. You are, are feeling sick or ill. Lord, heal me. You have friends that are traveling across the country, going to strange places to tell people about Jesus. Please be with them. Short prayers all the time. God says, pray without ceasing. And yeah, there'll be moments and days where you're going to need to do long prayers and you're going to go to battle and I believe in those things. There are people praying right now during this entire service. And I want to encourage you to strengthen your prayer life, whatever it may be. So we've given you a resource that you can grab on your way out. It's at the connection table, our Pray First journal. And you can use this every day in your life to strengthen your prayer. 
You may say, you know what, I need that, I want that, how much is it? It's free, take it, take three of them. Give them away all this year. As often as you need it, we believe in prayer. We also have a prayer team that's here on a regular basis praying. We have people that pray in the front after the service. You can come up and pray with them. Better yet, you can join the prayer team and then you know once a week when I'm at church, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray with people. I'm gonna pray during some of the services. And if you wanna join that prayer team, you can take that next step card and you can say, put me on the prayer team. Put me on the Sunday prayer team. Or maybe you want to be on our online prayer team and you want to get an email once a week that just gives you a bunch of prayer requests. And every time you get that email, you pray. That's an awesome reminder. On the card, right? Put me on the online prayer team. But whatever it takes to strengthen your prayer, when you strengthen your prayer life, peace will come. Peace will come. It's a little bit of a secret of the mind talk that we're going to have next week. Number seven, feed your soul daily in God's word. How many of you ate today food? How many of you ate yesterday? By raise of hand, how many of you ate the day before? All right. You guys eat a lot. How many of you ate almost every day this last week? This last year? Every day of your life? Why? Why would you do such a thing? Because you need to. You need it to sustain you. You need it to empower you. If you have faith in God, could you not feed yourself every day? Why would you do such a thing? Why would you be so crazy? Because you need it. You need it to strengthen you. You need it to empower you. You need it so that God would be at the center of every day. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. God's word is our bread. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To help you with number five, I want to point you to a resource, and there's lots of resources out there. But if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app or one like it, you can simply carry the Bible with you all the time on your phone. And there are reading plans on that app. You can read through the Bible in a year. You can go through different topics like peace, like prayer, and you can follow along. This is a great little tool that you can use to help you in 2020 to be daily in God's words. It'll send you notifications. You can actually have a competition with everybody in your small group about who reads the Bible more. And it's a great way to be in God's word. Know your numbers. 365 days a year. How many of them should we eat from God's word? Every single one. Not a legalistic rule, but a spiritual necessity for our lives. Number next. Know your numbers. Grow together in groups. I want to ask Tyler to come up, Tyler Rutherford. As he's coming up, I want to encourage you. Real growth happens when we are together in circles. Real growth takes place when we find other people that are traveling in this journey and we make regular connections with them. And it says in Hebrews chapter 10, let us consider how we can stir up one another to love and to good works. I think Scott has the uh, handheld. Do not neglect meeting together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another. When we gather together in small groups, we encourage one another in our spiritual growth. So Tyler, would you take like 30 seconds and tell us what you told me yesterday about your small group? 
So Josh came to my house last night because uh, Bradley's going away and we were discussing and talking about our small groups and I was bragging on my group. I'm a part of our young adult group here at Branch Life and uh, our group is really cool. Um, every time we meet, we gather, we dig into scripture chunk by chunk. Right now we're going through Genesis. It's an awesome book. Jared's doing a fantastic job leading the study with us. But um, we take discipleship and spiritual growth very seriously. Um, every day we're talking what are we learning in the scriptures? What can I hold you accountable for? What can I pray for you for? Um, so meeting as a group, this has been a super encouraging time in my life, a time of growth I've never really experienced before just because of the people that I have around me encouraging me. So definitely get involved in a group. Definitely important. Grow together in groups. Thank you, Tyler. Give him a big hand. I'll give an advertisement. My group is launching again for this year uh, Fridays. If you want to help me out, love in our neighborhood, let me know. Be a part of our group. We ask our groups twice a month, at least twice a month, to do prayer and Bible study together. It's super important. So if that's true, you have 26 opportunities to connect. You can talk about these messages. You can do a study of your own. You can encourage each other as you pray together. We ask our groups maybe about once a month to have some kind of incredible celebration the, the Douglasville group has the James family in it. They need to do a lot of celebrating in the Douglasville group. There's all kinds of things to celebrate. And then we ask you to serve and to reach other people uh, once a quarter, once every couple of months. And you look at those opportunities you say, how often am I together with my group? How often are we celebrating? How often are we serving and, and connecting with people in our community and reaching out, having specific opportunities to reach people in the small group setting? Grow in groups. Number seven. Develop your strength by serving. Develop your strength by serving. Maybe you need to serve. It takes an army to do what needs to be done as in, in connection with the local church. And we love to have you serve in lots of different ways. In 1 Peter chapter 4.10, each of you has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Serve on a prayer team. Serve on a welcoming team. Serve in a small group. Serve in a nonprofit in your community. Volunteer at a hospital. Be a part of doing incredible things when you use your gifts and talents for God. Use your knowledge of social media as we make a blast into the new year. Use your ability to build things and to construct and to help us figure out where in the world are we going to meet for the rest of our lives as Branch Life Church. Whatever gifts you have, bring them to bear in the service of the Lord and watch your strength grow. We just are going to do serving all the time, 24-7. Number eight, get a healthy heart by giving regularly. Get a healthy heart by giving regularly. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. On the first day of each week, Paul says, you should put aside a portion of money that you have earned to give to God. When you give to God, your heart is strengthened. Are you a generous person? We are seeking to be radically generous as a church in our community to give back as much as we give. So we as a church live by this pro tip. We give whenever we get. We give whenever we get. And if God has blessed you, if God has given to you, give. Try to outgive God. We dare you. Spiritual health is connected to generosity. And number nine, our final tip for this morning, go fishing. And all God's people said, amen. We got to go fishing. 
God called you and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. This one spiritual exercise of telling other people about Jesus may, may be one of the most effective ways you personally can grow in your faith and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to pray more, help someone else pray. You want to read the Bible more, help someone else read the Bible. You want to connect more to the church, connect someone else to the church. You want to have assurance of your salvation, help someone else have assurance of their salvation. When you come together into this mission of making disciples, you glorify God. And God says, I have called you to become fishers of men. So spiritual, healthy people fish. We go for it with everything that we have. So who's your one? Who are you praying for every day? Who are you investing in every week and loving on? And who are you inviting to Christ on a regular basis? If you want 2020 to be a spiritual growth year, a year where you become spiritually fit, listen to this brain statement. For something to change, something's got to change. So what for you needs to change in order to you, you take your next step in your spiritual journey? I want to invite you to grab your cards and respond with a very specific statement of what needs to change. Let's just start with one. There was like nine exercises on there, and you're like, I can't do nine. Start with one. Pick the one that's next for you in your journey. Which exercise do you need most? If you go to the next slide, I'm going to leave this slide up here for the next couple of minutes just as a review. And I want to prayerfully ask you to consider which one of these you need to highlight. Which one of these you want to talk to God about, about improving and being regular in your spiritual exercise so that you can become spiritually fit. Train yourself for godliness. For this, we toil and strive. Talk to God about each and every one of these over the next couple of minutes and identify at least one that would be the one for you to gain strength in in 2020. Maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's baptism. Prayer, God's word, weekly worship, whichever one it may be, pray over it, write it down, we'll pray for you as well. And after you've done some time of personal reflection and you've responded on the cards, we're going to sing another worship song together, and then after that, we'll dismiss you and collect those cards. God and Heavenly Father, would you speak to us tonight about which of these areas we can target, we can identify, and we can grow in next year. God, we're all in different parts of our spiritual journey, and we pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly to us in this moment and this time and help us to understand what step we need to take next. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen.